Welcome back to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolly Talk. Arnold Reasons. And we got Peter, the mixed hello, martial hello. Great black belt, whatever the top notch rating is in that film. I love black belt. Sees the finest, the blacksmith's fairness. Welcome back, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what All belt right. are you, actually? In MMA, there aren't necessarily belts now. So I was a yellow belt in Kyokushin Karate. Um, and then I was moving on to my green belt, actually. But in MMA, there aren't belts. So Wait, wait, MMA, wait, wait, just... wait. Since when did you go to MMA? I just remember karate. <laughs> what, what happened? Keep up, bro. Tell the people what happened. What? <laughs> we moved. We moved. So I'm in Kent now. So when I was in London, I was part of uh, Budo Kyokushin. Where if you're if you're in London, if you're in like the South London area, check them out. It's the best place for martial arts. Um, but yeah, I, when we moved, I couldn't find a decent karate place. Um, so just there was a good MMA place, and I went there. Wow. Yeah. It's good to learn other things as well because karate is good for stand up. But if someone knows what they're doing and they take you down, you're just gonna get choked out. So important to learn a bit of that as well. Pete's out here looking for blood. <laughs> I'm like, right? where do you Pete's live? Who's ever trying to attack you like that? <laughs> yeah, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a garden in a war. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is not the way to start a Christian podcast. <laughs> I was about to say, that is a mic drop, isn't it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe if Adam was a warrior in the garden, we'd all be naked right now. That's what I'm Ooh. saying. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have conversations on the other side with him, I'm sure, bro. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, okay. So for those who may have missed it, in the last episode, we were talking about uh, a book that I've been reading, The Crucified Life by A.W. Tozer, and just a section of it. We read for a section, chopped it up, broke it down. If you missed it, go check it out. It sets the foundation for this conversation too. But one of the things that came up was um, a reference to the parable of the sower, where Jesus speaks about how seed was scattered on different soils um, or different ground, sorry, and in short, three of them didn't produce fruit. Um, and one of the grounds that he described was good ground, which, um, as it says, he received the seed into good ground. Is He he who re- he that received the seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. And one of the ideas that was kind of unpicked was that not all Christians are the same. You have some who are content and satisfied with being the Christians that bear fruit 30-fold when, as A.W. Tozer put it, God, his intention towards us was that we would all become those who would bear or become 100-fold Christians or press towards that at least. And so I thought maybe the good focus for this conversation would be around talking about that gap um, and maybe even starting off with what do we feel or what do we believe that it looks like to be a hundredfold Christian? Mm. What do you guys think? I have a slightly semantic question. 
So when we say a hundredfold, are we talking a hundred percent increase or are we talking a hundred times increase? I understand it to be a hundred times. Interesting. Look at the definition if you want. Interesting. Just because, you know, in the in the story of the talents, yeah. the guy who was given five, he translates that into ten, which is like a hundred percent. Percent, yeah. But as so opposed the to so yeah. the other guy yeah. yeah yeah so that's why i was wondering is this a hundred times or is this a hundred percent like what's the what's the deal because i was i was trying to think about what does what does a hundredfold christian actually look like you know mm. do we have any examples in the bible of who we would say is a, a hundredfold christian mm -hmm. um and, you know, do we have any of the others? And I was just thinking about, you know, Paul, when he said, you know, I finished my race, you know, I've done mm -hmm. all the things that I was meant to do and now I'm ready to go home. Is that what a hundredfold looks like or is it something different, you know? Mm. What do you think? What do you think the difference would be between the two? I don't know. Like I'm in terms you of guys. the meaning. <laughs> It's it's interesting because the um, I, I, my first thing with all, any sort of question like this is to go to the original Greek and the original scholar, um, scholar, scholar, scholar. Uh, I don't know. It's not. It's not really. It's not really panning out for me, is it? But <laughs> <laughs> the the word seems to be a, a bit ambiguous in that it it seems to just be the word thirty or the word sixty or the word hundred. Hundred, um, yeah. And not necessarily referring to it being um, a percentage or it being a multiplication. However, I guess, given it was said in this sort of parable, if I'm to take it metaphorically, um, it would just be you you plant a seed like, you know, three people plant the same seed. One of them brings back a, you know, this much harvest. The other one brings yeah. back a significantly more that don't make like significantly more so i think yeah. it's it, it's at least conceptually we we an understanding that it's more harvest from what was from the same thing that was given so we all get yeah. the same word but one of us bears a bit more than the other and the other bears a bit more than him sort of thing and i think that doesn't have to conflict with even the example of the parable of the talents because like what it looks like for somebody who I don't know knows a lot uh, less than the other mm, person mm. like there's still a measure that it would look like for that person to be a hundredfold version maybe or someone that produces a hundred times versus somebody who produces 30 or 60 right mm -hmm. I think the like, unique thing oh sorry sorry go ahead. no no go ahead go ahead bro I was just going to say, I think the thing with the parable of the talents is they weren't given the same thing. They were all given different things mm. in to capacity. Whereas here, it sounds Very at least as though they are all given the word. They're all given the same yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And yet hmm. some That's very turned very, that into very more. Observation. Mm. So I what does that hundredfold life look like? Oh, go ahead, Ray. No, I was going to say, I think I just always found it interesting that bit about he gave one of them five according to ability one of them two mm. and you know we've all been given the same word 
Like, yeah. that's interesting. Mm. Do you think we've all been given the same understanding of the word? That's a very good question. That's a good question. I'll quickly say what I was going to say. Um, mm. I think this is a very good question because there's, I think there's levels to it, right? There's the core message, which is something that I believe to be universal, which no matter how intellectually advanced you are or not, is made available to all. We've deviated from God's way. God has taken the payment for our sins on himself by Jesus being the sacrifice, um, reconciling us back to God so that we can be restored in relationship with God and have the hope of eternal life. Basic principle, right? Mm -hmm. Then beyond that, I think there are layers where our understanding can go further because when you receive the basic core gospel message itself, the gospel message of the kingdom, like it, it that, that's where it starts. And you can understand and get that much and have the hope of eternal life guaranteed, right? And I think the example, one of the one of the examples that I think loosely reminds me of that in scripture is the thief on the cross. Um I don't know the inner workings of everything to do with his journey beforehand and how he got to the point where he recognized Jesus as who he was, but we know that he had the promise of paradise with Jesus thereafter. Mm. But then beyond that, um, and beyond even people who maybe end up being saved before their last few moments of death similar to him, you have those who will venture and go deeper into understanding what does the life of the kingdom citizen look like in the here and now how what does this mean for and i guess this is where we were speaking about previously in the last episode about the differences of focus and revelation that may exist within the body because like i guess one of the big things that i'm huge on personally is understanding what it looks like and how it plays out in the workplace in in business just all those different breakdowns of our areas of life whereas somebody else will be able to give you a a, a connection between that gospel message and you know um revelation and the times to come and all of that kind of stuff you get what i'm saying and it's all potentially interconnected so i i have a question because i was realizing like we're talking about fruit and what does fruit look like because even while we're talking about you know some people know about business some people talk about the end times is that actually the fruit because what comes out of that is doctrine and teaching but where it says, you know, and which also beareth fruit, what is that fruit actually? What does that mean? How do we quantify fruit? Like just like before we were quantifying weakness, mm. how do we actually quantify fruit? What does that mean? You got something there, Archbishop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle you calling me Archbishop. <laughs> Um, so I was going to say, um, the thing being sown is the word, right? The, in, in the parable, the thing being sown is the word. Um, mm. And so what is the fruit of the word that's sown? Now, if it's, um, <clears throat> if it's for them, I think he, he, he started saying, 
this was as he starts most of his um parables he, he equates the, oh, the kingdom of god would be like this or the kingdom of god is like this and so the kingdom of god is like this a sower goes out to sow and as he sowed xyz um but the seeds that fell in good soil they produce grain uh increasing 30 60 100 the word that was being sown i think in the parable or i think he's referring to is the word of the kingdom of god that christ mm-hmm. brought which was as you said the the simplicity of the gospel that yeah we all fell away and yet this is now a way in which we can be brought into right standing in christ being killed um and raised again mm-hmm. and accepted into heaven so what's the fruit of that word i think is growing in righteousness i think that word is supposed to bring people to righteousness and, and to right standing with god and so the fruit i think would look like that would look like people who look more like christ because they look mm. they've grown in righteousness if that makes sense and For sure, I, I agree with that, that is actually the key to 30 60 100 because mm. i guess it's to what extent are we pursuing being transformed to look like Christ? Because in each and every day, there's a level of, I don't know, seeking or pursuit that we can have and a seeking of openness in being transformed and bearing that fruit. Because, you know, it talks about righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's the song. I think it's a scripture too, but I can give one to in my head. Righteousness. Anyway. The thing is, you can't say, you can't, you can't just say that. I heard that as a song in my head. Me too. I heard that's the only Even about the melody, it played in my head. <laughs> and I tried to take out all the melody when I said it, because I'm trying to be like, I'm sure it's a scripture, but I also know it's really canonical, whoever. But I think, like you guys said, like, the word is the word of the kingdom, which is that righteousness piece join the holy ghost and actually there is a lot that comes in getting to that place and receiving that and letting that be outworked in our in our worlds and actually the extent to which we let that get worked through in us the extent to which we pursue those things in terms Mm -hmm. of instilling them in our lives i feel like that is also what determines our our fruit i think just to add on to that as well going back to the the word being the seed part of the gospel message is the focus on jesus and his lordship the fact that this coming kingdom has a king um who is lord over our lives and so when i think even about what you're saying about with righteousness for me when i think about righteousness it's living according to god's design according to what is right in his sight mm. and so even when we're talking about those examples of business the workplace and all these different kind of things that's about righteousness at its root rather than living according to our assumptions or what society tells us to do it's about understanding and being passionate about pursuing god what does righteousness look like in this situation right now at work what does it look like for me as I engage with these people who may or may not know you? What does it look like when I don't want to do the work? Like business again, what does it look like when I'm offered opportunities to do something which will make me a whole lot of money, but mm. will defraud a whole it's lot of righteous. people? Mm. Um, 
and I guess maybe that's the the language that maybe we haven't labeled it with but at its heart at the root of it all it is about righteousness it is about following the kingdom um the kingdom's way basically and the king's way which goes back to that gospel message because if we don't recognize Jesus as Lord and we don't recognize that there is a king for this kingdom that again is coming in the new heavens and the new earth in some senses as well we're not going to connect that with the need for us in the present day to actually obey his way and his order and the government and the the yeah man just yeah my head's traveling man that starts with understanding him as lord that starts with realizing the the coming kingdom but again even in saying that as well i don't know that I don't know that we always have a lot of focus on that coming kingdom when we're talking about the gospel message. Um, Because at times we do speak about the rest of it, died for your sins, righteousness, restoration, reconciled back to God, heaven, that's the end. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that heaven perspective becomes quite abstract, if you get what I'm saying. And just becomes that thing that we're looking forward to someday, someday, someday that is going to yeah. be better than the here and now. But yeah. we're not actually unpicking what does that mean? Like, what is what does that look like according to the scriptures? And I guess maybe that's where the different levels of understanding does come into it. Because if you've never explored it, you've never explored it. Some people may be exposed to teaching that directs them that way. Some people may be curious enough to ask those questions and end up that way as well. But some people just might not be that way inclined so and this is this is i guess what i was asking you know you know we were asking why don't people pursue these things and that's what i was wondering do you think people really know actually what we could have here and now because i think that sometimes when we think about stuff like righteousness it has this really heavy religious feeling to it you know but mm. actually when we think about the fruit that we've been called to bear i feel like God calls us to bear fruit that is sweet for us, that is good for us, that we will enjoy. You know, the mm. things that we're called to in a Christian life are actually freedom, but they look like bondage, mm. you know? So do people really know and understand the fruit that we've been called to and why we're called to that fruit and just how good it can actually be? Mm. And that's where what are people taught also comes back to it because the salvation message can be strong in terms of, you know, you don't have to go to hell, come to the Lord, submit your life. That salvation message mm. can be real strong, real compelling. But are we mm. compelling in our discipleship message? Are we actually effective mm. in sowing that seed about discipleship? What that looks like, the benefits of that. Mm. I don't I don't think I don't think there's enough of that out there. Honestly, I don't think enough Christians, uh, enough churches, enough leaders, I think maybe I should say, um, encourage that sort of steady, really. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of the time, um, and uh, maybe because that's what, you know, that's what sells, but a lot of the time the message is, at least amongst the bigger guys, is always sort of almost motivational um mm. and and just just that you know and i think you don't get 
you sort of have to do a little bit of digging to find the teachers that are saying something else, not saying something else, but are suggesting that maybe you take the entirety of the Bible a bit more seriously, mm-hmm. not just the not just the messages that you know feel good in a in a text or that work well mm-hmm. on WhatsApp statuses. You know? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe maybe we take it a little bit more seriously. And if we're doing that, then we're taking the entirety of the text more seriously. Mm. And then we're looking into the eschatological stuff. Then we're looking into actually what does this mean for the here and now? You know, and it's not just binding your enemies and stuff. It's it's, it's a bit more Peter's <laughs> got it for MFM today. Literally. Got it for MFM. <laughs> I think you're right, though, because I think, you know, it talks about people in the end time wanting to listen to things that tickle their ears. Yes. Mm. Yes. Know? Yeah, like, it People love the sound that. of literally, literally like that. tickling yeah. ears. Like, <laughs> yeah. they love the sound of bounding, binding my enemies. They love mm. the sound mm. of I can be super rich. They love the yeah. sound of all of those things. I am the head mm. and not the tail. But do mm. they love the sound of forgive that person again mm. when they wronged mm-hmm. you for the 400th time the same way mm. do they mm-hmm. love the sound of be humble and this is what humanity Ooh. looks like yeah. no i don't want to hear that i want to rule my enemies bruv come oh. on <laughs> dead them all <laughs> <laughs> and give me their riches as well <laughs> yeah no absolutely and i think a, a lot of sometimes that's why i feel people sometimes fall away or, or get enticed by other things because it sounds more all-encompassing than what it addresses. But I think, I don't know if it's this episode or if it's in the last one, we literally said everything that you need, you can find in the word. Um, and I think it was in the last one, you know, and, and yeah. uh, Tolu, you made a point of a lot of the world and, and all these other things end up just saying shadows of what is already in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And because we are not taking it as seriously, we're we're losing out, we're missing out on those things. So so check this right. There's a verse in Proverbs, in Proverbs sixteen seven, and it says, "When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, He causes their enemies to make peace with them." Mm. Right. Think about that. Yes, <laughs> I can bind and cast and curse my enemies. Yeah. Mm. Or. I can walk in a way that pleases the Lord and the Lord will cause my enemies to be at peace with me. Yeah. Which one are people going to pick? Nope. I will bind them. I will cast them because I don't have to do anything about bind and cast them. But what does it Wait, look you like? See, to I, I, to some extent, I put that on, I put that on the leaders because the leaders will preach the, you know, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but they won't mention that proverb. They won't no. add that proverb to it and say, Yes, there's all that, but really, there's also this, which I think actually is more beneficial because not Come only on. are your pe- your enemies making peace with you, you're also pleasing the king. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. thing is, that one of the natural byproducts of when we please the king is that we tend to actually do a lot of good for one another as well, yeah. right? Because like, okay, so what does it mean? Go on, walk in a way that pleases the Lord. What does that mean? Come on, mm. what does that mean? Shall I tell you what came to my mind straight away? Yes, please. Mm. It means put your flesh to death. Yeah. It means uh-huh. stop choosing the way that you are, you feel almost like your your natural desires want you to go 
but choose to lay down your life choose to follow choose to submit choose who, to who discipline did, yourself who did god say god. i am pleased in this person because we have record of it jesus jesus mm. so that's that's essentially what it is to so work in a way that's pleasing this is my beloved son is to be like, well yeah, yeah 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 be like jesus mm. Be like mm. Jesus. Ooh. And what mm. did Jesus do? Jesus wasn't collecting collections for private jets. No. Peter came with their guns out today, oh, no. bro. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it interesting? Because... Mm. You know, yeah, sorry, <laughs> isn't... Point. yeah. I was going to say, but isn't it interesting? Because again, going back to one of the verses we spoke about in the previous episode, we were told to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all the words of Christ. Like, and if that is something that we are doing and in being those who are being taught, we're also practicing. That is how we live lives that are actually well-pleasing to God because they mirror the life of Christ. And that is how we then get to practice and see the verse that Tolly quoted from Proverbs actually playing out and and i think on top of that as well it says without faith it is impossible to please god and jesus lived a life of faith you know he lived a life that was based on the word of god whether written or spoken you know and actually faith is what enables us to live in a way that is counterculture that says actually i'm not going to get my own revenge i'm going to believe that actually god you are my vindicator and you will actually mm. bring my enemies mm. to be at peace with me you know that's faith it takes faith to do that obedience to the words of christ obedience to the way of the kingdom putting your flesh mm. to death takes faith you mm. cannot do it without faith mm. and the reason why i'm saying that is because like you have to really believe this is actually going to be worthwhile and there is a hope that this is going to be a payoff for. Yeah. But if we don't believe that, if we're not sure about that, that's when we get a bit shaky about why should why, why should I why should I forgive this person? So mm. I can look like an idiot. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? Like, why should I actually choose to say that I'm going to hold my peace and my tongue instead of cursing this person bad words if if I don't feel that there's actually going to be a vindication to come? And maybe that's part of our problem is that we have such a low view of what our expectation is for, like, and where our hope is really rooted. And we don't actually have the confidence. What does it say about faith? Faith is the the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, right? And so if we don't have the assurance that by me practicing these things in the here and now, even if it doesn't look like it has an immediate payoff, it's always going to pay off in the long run. If we don't have that assurance then it it i can see how that would naturally feed into why we would choose not to obey for sure for sure and that is that is that faith and i think that a lot of us don't necessarily because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word mm. and <laughs> if we're not actually in the word our faith isn't going to be built to even do what we need to do um, because there was something that I needed to do this week and I was feeling a kind of way about it. And so I just went into the word and I was looking at different promises and different things. And even in just doing that, I was like, there is so much in here for my current situation that if I'm actually naturally in the word on a regular basis, I would know all of these things. My faith would be at a different place because I've been feeding on these things, you know, but I hadn't been, I'd been feeding on other things. So actually... 
you know, the more of the word that we get in our system, in our hearts, in our spirits, the more we're enabled to live that life of faith, because that is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Yeah. And and I think, and I think that's exactly, I mean, you, you pretty much summed up that 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. Cause some people are in the word. Woo! To yield <laughs> some people are yielding 60 because they're spending a little bit more time and some people are yielding 100 because they're living by the word they're always in the word their word the word of god have they written in their hearts that they will not forget about mm. Mm. i think you might really not sin well. against him powerful mm. yeah. wow Wow. And it's funny as well because and this one thing I love about the Bible is that it all is saying the same thing. So mm-hmm. what 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 you said uh in Mark four where there's another sort of account of this par- purpose of the parables and of Christ's explanation of it in verse twenty-four, he, he said to the disciples Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still mm. more will be added to you. And so it's essentially what you said, you know. How much are you hearing? And how much are you using in hearing it almost for lack of a better way of putting it? How much attention are you paying to what you're hearing? Oh, yeah, yeah. So because I've heard another version of that that says pay attention to how you hear. Yes. Well, so that was what I was looking for initially is there are, I think, I think there are three accounts of it and all of them use what, how, and who. Ooh. And I think all of those are, I think all of those are important. Because yes. wow. the what, the how, you know, are you, how are you doing that? Are you, are you paying attention like this is life and death? Of course it is. Or are you paying mm. attention like it's cool if I miss this, I'll get the next one sort of thing. And then the who, who are your teachers? Apart from mm. the Bible, who are you also listening to? Who is teaching you the word? Because I, I was going to go full furthest and mention names. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we know that there are, there are some, you know, well-known preachers that will preach to you from the Bible. And what you get from them will be different than what you get from other teachers that will preach to you from the Bible. He's treading so carefully. (laughs) I'll save the craziness for the furnace, man. It's cool. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's those, I think those are, it's, it's so consistent. It's so consistent. You know, it's how much are you putting into you're taking in the word and that will mm. manifest in how much of the word is birthed in you how much of christ you look like how mm. yeah yeah mm. for sure and i think that because even going back to who you listen to because for me who you listen to and how you hear are also quite linked mm. because i think that everybody that you listen to will be human and so that's where it comes down to no matter who it is you're listening to, you still need to listen with a discerning heart 
that says, okay, this is this is somebody who I trust. Let's say it's not one of those people that you don't want to mention right now. You know, let's say it's someone who's a bit more a bit more solid. Yeah. Even that person, you still Come need on. to listen to them in such a way that you're saying, Lord, what are you saying about this? Is this yeah. actually scripture? Is this actually a biblical thing that they're saying to me? Because mm. sometimes there are things that will sound good, but they might not be biblical. And actually we need yeah. to discern, you know, between the two. So there was one guy who I was listening to and he said that God challenged him and said, everything that you've heard and everything that you think that you know, I want you to challenge that in the light of the scripture, mm-hmm. right? And so, for example, one of the things that we've always heard is, you know, God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> is that scriptural, mm-hmm. you know? Because that is something that is preached, mm-hmm. you know? Is that actually scriptural? There are lots of things, you know, where it says like, you know, God is in control, Okay, but what does that mean? You know, of everything? Because if God is in control of this whole world, he's doing a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, what what does that actually mean? So these are some of the things where like, no matter who we listen to, you still need to challenge the things that are coming out. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to add to what 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 um what Tolly said, because one name that I will mention is Ravi Zacharias. Maybe I'm a little bit hurt. Yeah? <laughs> That's two podcasts um, in a row. <laughs> it is. It is. But also, when you when you mention how you listen to, who you're listening to, um, being important, it's there as well. Because am I listening to him as if he is the source of what he's saying? Come on. And thus, when he mm. then comes, when it comes out that maybe he's done all these horrible things, now I'm shaking because I was listening to mm. him as though it was from him. My God failed me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the man failed you, if the man's your God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but then the how, as he says, with a discerning ear, because sometimes they could be saying things that are right. And I think a lot of the um, apologetic arguments that Ravi presented are right because they're mm-hmm. based on the Bible and, and he was a smart guy, evidently. Unfortunately, he used that smartness for some terrible things, um, allegedly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, <laughs> If if I'm if I'm listening to him as though he is my God, then yeah, mm. and, and it's the same with a lot of these sort of one man churches. Um, and I, I say that I say that, and that sounds a bit silly actually in my head because every church is <laughs> at least one person at the beginning, sort of having a, a vision or whatever. But but, but I think where, there's a difference though, where that person mm, is then exalted as the yes, church and as the yeah. ministry. I think, yeah. and they also reinforce it too. Yeah, 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 they build that I in. They build that saying. in. Yeah, because mm. it's not actually based on the word; it's based mm. on that person. Like and I them. follow Ravi, yeah. you know. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that is where yeah, it comes down sure. to: like, what are we choosing to follow? Are we following the word, or are we following mm. the vessel and the person? Yeah. <clears throat> And it's I think a good a good vessel. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Bro. And the only thing I was gonna say is a good vessel will make sure they point that out to you. Don't follow me. Yeah. Follow the word. Do you know what it? Yeah. And this goes back to even what we said about teaching. And you know, mm. are our teachers held to a higher standard in terms of teaching or in terms of living? Right. Because you know, it says about how in a house there are many vessels some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. And it talks about how mm. put away these things 
you know, like mm. sinful things so that we can become vessels of honor. And a vessel yeah. of honor is something that is carrying a substance, right? What is important if you're giving someone a drink, the drink is actually more important than the vessel that it's in. Like, yes, you can have a diamond bejeweled vessel and stuff like that, but it's still a cup. The purpose of the cup is still what's in the cup, which is really like mm. we are earthen vessels in which things have been put inside that are meant to come out. But it's not about me as the vessel. It's about the substance that I bring and that I carry that's not my own in the first place. Mm. I think the interesting thing about that, what I was thinking just now though, yeah, is if you're one rusty, rusty cup, like you will still be able to give the drinker the liquid substance, but it's going to come tainted, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm. guess that's why in connecting <laughs> it with what you were saying before, mm. I guess that's why it's really important to be very humble and self-aware in that we don't present ourselves as though I am the quote unquote vessel of purity where you can expect 24 seven, every single thing that comes out of my mouth to be the word of God and nothing less. Mm. Like, and I think that's the powerful thing about what you mentioned, Peter, about being those people who, if you're a good teacher, you encourage those who are your listeners to not just take your word for it but to actually go and check it you need to check whether i'm actually because you know what you can actually be an honorable vessel i think today and then tomorrow you're just rusty as it gets yeah like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the, yeah. the same that same cup that was producing like the most amazing pure juice yeah <laughs> can tomorrow give you poison and and there's all sorts of reasons why that can happen but i guess if we as disciples, believers and followers of Christ recognize that every single one of us, regardless of how long we've been in the faith or how good our speech is, is fallible and capable of saying something that is untrue, saying something mm -hmm. that is unbiblical and stuff like that, then we're able to separate the respect that we may have for one another on a personal level and mm -hmm. look for the word in everything that we're listening to. And that's what I was going to say before about what Tolu said. It's literally whoever wherever the sound is coming from wherever the message or the information is coming from rather than looking for the person look for the word in whatever they are saying that's something that we should all be doing yeah agreed agreed and i think that is also where even in terms of humility because i think there's also a difference between people who mislead um people on purpose and mm -hmm. people who they don't necessarily know Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so actually they might be teaching something that they wholeheartedly yeah. believe right now, but actually mm. they're wrong. Mm. Yeah. You know, so, and that's where actually the humility element comes in because that's why it's important that we all be, always be humble because we don't know just mm. how wrong we might even be teaching something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and sometimes you also grow in, in, as you grow, you realize this could be wrong. And I've heard preachers... Um, Joseph Prince, Joseph Prince said this. He he in one sermon talked about how he used to preach about a certain thing when he was younger. And as he grew, he realized he had it wrong. And he mm. put in a service like, I was wrong about this. I was wrong about mm. this. And mm. and made a correction. And I think again, that's that's what you want to see. That's that's not not just that's what you want to see. I think that is what's um that's characteristic of a humble person is the ability to admit that they were wrong. And then present mm. the correct thing. Yeah. Mm, mm. No, that's good, man. 
and again that does the same thing that we mentioned earlier of it reduces the risk of idolatry Mm. because like if i can see that the person that i respect who maybe in some senses i want to be like can honestly humble themselves enough to say you know i was wrong on this even if I wasn't somebody who was or who had a Berean approach before where I listen with readiness and I check it for myself hearing you tell me that you got this wrong for me is another opportunity for me to now say okay if I wasn't doing it before maybe I need to start doing that now but you know I don't think people take it that way necessarily I think people will more say well I'm not going to listen to anything you say you know they don't actually have that balanced approach they'll be like well you were wrong last time you're cancelled Kind of thing whereas actually that's, that's not wrong. really how it's meant to be and i think mm. there's the verse where paul says he says what he says follow me as i follow christ right yeah which means he's saying you need to follow me on this condition which also mm. means i need to know what does someone who is following christ look like and mm. i can't do that if i'm not in the word if i don't know what christ actually looked like and then i can't spot those characteristics where actually i don't follow that in that person because they're not following christ in that way mm. now that's good well i think the moral of the story of this podcast is read your bible and practice it <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> good way to sum it up um any closing thoughts from you guys for the person that has listened and just feels like you just literally wrecked everything inside of me and and i want to get right with god any final comments or words to that person um uh what's his name i don't know if this is true but apparently the guy that said master of jack of all trades master of one a master of none yeah yeah so there's two things I've heard. One was he said Jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but it's still better than a um it's still better than a jack of none or, or something. Um but then the other thing I heard was that he actually said Jack of all trades, master of one. And what I take from that is that the Christian, even if you're going to be knowledgeable in all these other things, probably the thing that you should master is your Bible. You can Please. be knowledgeable on all things, yeah. but master your Bible. Um, and I think that's what I want to say to people is, you know, serving in church and everything, that's all great. That's all good. But mm. he went master there. your Bible. He went there. <laughs> he actually went master, there. Master your Bible. Wow. Um, because wow. therein is is that which bears fruit, you know, and... and Everything you know else what, will right? come from that, I think. This but, is yeah. exactly it. This mm. is ex- that's a supernatural thing. Because I think that sometimes we think about, but if I spend so much time in, in my Bible and in the Word and doing those things, how will I be good at everything else? Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm. this is a supernatural thing. And you actually find that when you put that first, mm. it says all other things will be added to you. So that yeah. wisdom that you need for your yeah. job, that wisdom for mm. you need for ministry, that wisdom that yeah. you need for all of those other things will actually come, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's a supernatural thing. It doesn't make sense to our logical minds, yeah. but actually like that is what it is. When you master the word and you master that part of things, all other things come from that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Powerful man. There's hope. 
I think that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> There's honestly hope, man. Because I think like we're all in this, we're on this journey, every single one of us at different stages and stuff. But there really is hope that if we didn't get it right yesterday, that we can start from today, you know. And that starts with whether it's just one verse that you read and reread for the next two weeks, two years, whatever it is, until it's actually living in you then you do that if it's something where you progress through it chronologically do what you need to do but we need to be closely connected with the word yeah agreed agreed and i liked what you said actually peter about you know the ministry stuff because (laughs) my dad he said to me once he said a christian's life isn't defined by the amount of activities or ministries that they do <laughs> right mm. because sometimes and I, can't, <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone and they were saying you know it's amazing how you can be doing all these things and you know but actually like in terms of what you believe about the word isn't there yeah. you know like mm. you can mm. be a you can be a pastor you can be an apostle archbishop all of those things and you know serving and everything but you don't actually believe for yourself. You don't have faith for yourself on the things that are important because when you're spending all your time in ministry and stuff, you're not actually getting time to be in the word. Come on. And so it's it's a scary thing. It's a real scary and, thing. And just to throw some Bible verse on that, which may cause the Lord to visit some of you with some serious conviction thereafter. <laughs> Jesus said, I think in Matthew 7, that many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out <laughs> demons in your name? In your name, did we not prophesy mm-hmm. in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And He will declare to them, "Depart from me." And me New not. number, who this? The workers of evil, I believe. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> New Testament, who's this? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, may we all reflect on those words and that reality to not mistake activity for closeness with god Mm, for spirituality yeah for actual spirituality yeah well we'll leave you with the holy spirit on that one god bless all you (laughs) listeners (laughs) hit us up at reason to behold every platform (laughs) bye